0: You're listening to Partnonomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit partnernomics.com. All right, so today we are joined by Dr. Angela Murphy. Angela is a... Uh, business development guru. She's a business development lead for MRM Commerce, a really cool company that we're going to have an opportunity to to learn a little bit about. But uh, Dr. Murphy, thank you so much for your time. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Excited to be here and excited to chat with everyone about my experience. So
0: Angela, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to just kind of start with building some context around your background and your career uh, to date. Where did you kind of start? And then all of us that are in this world of biz dev of partnering, uh, we, we typically have some interesting paths that we take to get here, but I'd love to, to hear a little bit about your path.
1: Yeah, I definitely have a background that is not necessarily standard for being in the business development world or even more private sector. I came out of academia. I have a Ph.D. in rhetoric from the University of Kansas with a special concentration in African and African American studies. When I finished my Ph.D. program a few years ago, I went into nonprofit work and nonprofit consulting for grants development. And then as I was doing that work, I realized that it just culturally wasn't a fit for what I wanted to do long-term in my career and so I started looking into some other opportunities around the concepts of strategy and insight. That's really where I felt like I could add value to organizations and as I was searching for those roles I came upon a job opportunity for a local company in Kansas City called MSTS that's in the fintech sector and they were looking for a manager of strategic partnerships and so Uh, They were looking for someone smart. They had a dynamic leader that was in their senior leadership team that was willing to take a chance on somebody that didn't have a traditional business background. And that person happened to be me. And so I worked there for a couple of years and then through the relationships that I formed while I was in that role and in the industry of FinTech, but also commerce, I was then recruited by MRM commerce, which is part of MRM global out of New York city.
0: So. Tell us a little bit about MRM um, what, what the company does and how do they leverage partnerships? How do they leverage the power of partnerships to, to help advance their cause?
1: So I am the director of business development for MRM commerce, which is a part of the larger company, MRM Global or MRM McCann uh, Global. And so what MRM does for companies is they're an agency. So advertising, strategy, consulting, and then we also provide the commerce implementations and consulting and strategy services that go alongside of the wider range of um, expertise that MRM can bring to clients and bring to brands. So when you think more specifically about what MRM commerce does, the Salesforce technology stack, the Adobe technology stack of Magento, um, when you think of going online to make a purchase and the interface that you're engaging with as a consumer to make purchases, we help brands implement those experiences. So that could be the technology stack, but then it also goes along with the creative and the strategy to make sure that the user experience is engaging and meaningful for the end customer as well.
0: Okay, and so the types of partnerships that you lead or help architect are they more sales related or are they more technology or is it a combination?
1: So I'm kind of lucky in my role right now. It's traditional business development role, but our partnerships director is currently on maternity leave. So I'm helping to fill in a little bit of a gap here for about six months so she could spend time with her son. Um, so our partnerships for MRM commerce are with Salesforce and with Adobe. Uh, as far as the technologies are concerned. And then we also have partnerships with companies like Miracle and Akinio. And those are you know PIM or Marketplace softwares that we can help implement. And then what's really exciting about what's going on with MRM Commerce in particular in my team, so Mallory Rosen is our Director of Partnerships and she has been so successful in building out the partnerships program at our side of the business that MRM Global took notice of what she was doing and now they're hiring additional partnerships people at the global level at the agency level to kind of parallel what she's doing um, across the board at Salesforce and at Adobe to make sure that we have the support we need across the agency um, to do multi cloud implementations, which is really where the market's moving right now. Okay,
0: so Angela, you'd mentioned that you have a, a non-traditional path coming into this world of partnering, and spent uh, a lot of time in in college. What's uh What kind of advice would you give to somebody that comes from the academic world but they want to transition into business and specifically into partnering? What's what's some of the lessons that that you've learned along the way, or advice that you'd you'd share? I
1: definitely think that it's important for people in grad school to take internships. They can make time for it. So I had multiple internships, some were paid and some were unpaid while I was at the University of Kansas and it helped me build out my professional network. It also helped me build my skill set, And I think one of the most important things was it helped me understand how to talk about what I knew how to do because the people that I met weren't academics. And it pushes your vocabulary and it pushes your elevator pitch to be a little bit different. So when you're an academic, you know how to talk about your research. But outside of that, you able to talk about what your academic background brings to the table, what those skills are, because it's not just writing, it's synthesis, it's critical analysis. It's these things that major Fortune 100 companies are hiring for and their skill sets is what they're looking for. But we don't always get the training within the ivory tower, unfortunately, about how to talk about that with a non academic audience. Um, And then I also think that it's important to um, seek out ways to just expand your personal network. I think sometimes that Even young professionals can become a little bit siloed and they spend time around people that are similar to them and don't look for maybe some older individuals who could give them career advice. They don't maybe take the opportunities they would need to mentor someone who may be still an undergrad, but you can learn from them and learn about how to a future team member. Um, so that's some of my kind of hard won advice from the past five years.
0: Yeah, it sounds it sounds like some awesome advice. I'd love for you to to speak to the the MBA student or, or even the, the bachelor's student that's going through a business program and he or she knows that they're they're looking at a career in business or jumping in and, and living in this world of partnering. What kind of how would your advice change speaking to the the student that's going to be finishing their, their program and then stepping into the business world.
1: Okay, so this is a really interesting question for me because my husband has a business degree and we're both in similar roles now. So it's very um, fun for us, especially now in the work from home environment to talk about the way he experiences his role and his background and what brought him to where he is now versus me experiencing some things that are new to me but he was taught in business school, um, not saying that you have to like marry somebody who has a different background but i think that in talking to him and talking to students who either in an mba program or in a business school program i cannot stress enough how important your writing skills are when you move into a business development and a strategic partnerships role and I, this sounds a little teacherly but follow me here for a second one of the most important things that i am doing in my job right now is writing white papers, which is like the business world version of a research paper, writing case studies, which means synthesizing all of our wins and successes on behalf of clients in one page or less to use in pitches. And then I'm also responding to RFPs or requests for proposals for major corporations that are global corporations. And it's about taking what the technology team knows they can do, what the client partner team knows they can do, And what we want to present to the client and distilling it down into a narrative that will win us the business. And if I didn't have the writing skills that I have now. I would not be able to add value to that conversation. So take additional writing courses minor in Some kind of literature creative writing or some kind of humanitarian discipline that will give you the experience in critical thinking and in synthesis and you would be shocked at how valuable it will be once you step into a biz dev role
0: love that advice and it's you mentioned writing specifically but i think it's like communications in general right i mean this this world that we live in and partnering it's all about communicating with influencing others sharing information that's out there and it (laughs) might jump on my soapbox here for a second but it seems like the the younger demographic that comes up that's used to just text messages, everything short, there is power in writing a succinct, clear email, for example, and using proper grammar. And just, yeah, we need to realize that every time we communicate with others, we're we're branding ourselves, we're branding our company, we're branding our professionalism. And in this world of partnerships, by definition, we we're dependent on each other we're, we're we're hitching to to these other vehicles and we need to position ourselves as professionally as possible so i i could not agree more the power of the written word but also communications in general of uh, of, of doing that um Angel, i'd like to get your advice for companies maybe there's you know companies startups smaller organizations that have traditionally just done a direct sales approach. And now they're thinking about leveraging this power partnership thing, using this partnership tool to help them grow their business, whether it's on the sales side, it's marketing side, it's technology. What kind of advice would you have for these leaders or different uh, executives, entrepreneurs that are thinking about going down this partnering path?
1: So one of the things that I learned starting in partnerships and then moving into business development is that your company has their standard, like their core competencies. Every company has the things that you do well, that work for the types of clients that you're trying to sell to. There are also companies in your segment or who are chasing similar verticals to your company that can do things that you can't do, but might be selling to the same people so for example at mrm right now you know knowing which platform is a better fit for which vertical is important because you go in together to talk to the client and you solve for different client pain points and so for companies that are looking at possibly expanding their partnering uh, channel look at what you do well understand that and then look around you into some of the different uh, providers that your clients are using like what commerce provider are they using what platform are they using is it working for them Um, in your sales cycles listen for the questions that you can't necessarily answer with what you're selling or what service you're providing could you find another company that you go to them and say look we have this you have why can you help us win this deal like let's do this together and i think that if you do that it not only opens additional doors for you know sales and for upsell and cross sell and things like that but it also cross trains your team and it makes your team more dynamic and innovative
0: yeah, I love that. So what I hear you saying, and this is shared by Clayton Christensen, the the founder, the the, the godfather that gave us the whole disruptive technology, uh, air quotes, you know, that we've heard a trillion times over the last decade. But he talks about not being uh, product focused or service focused, but really being solutions focused. And it's those companies that can make the easy button the biggest are the ones that are going to win. And that's what I hear you saying is, there's a lot of complimentary organizations that can can help us make that easy button bigger. But it's through partnerships of of how we make that happen.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's especially true for MRM where I am now. Part of our positioning as a company when we go to clients as MRM commerce is the power of the MRM network globally. So being able to do implementations and provide solutions in country, in language and within the timeline. And then also, you know, being able to leverage the appropriate creative teams, being able to bring in the end to end solution that a client needs is a key differentiator in our market for sure.
0: So Angela, how do you think that, you know, the biz dev role with technology, right? Expanding the globalization of the economy, a lot of stuff that you've even talked about. Um, crazy situations that we find ourselves in right now with the pandemic. How is the biz dev role and how, is, how are partnerships changing or helping uh, in this new kind of 21st century uh, economy we find ourselves in?
1: So I received a similar question like this in an interview that I did last year about how biz dev and partnerships were going to be changing, particularly in the technology sector. And my bet was that we were going to undergo a period of consolidation. I still believe that's true. I still think that there are going to be acquisitions and consolidation that kind of influence that at a global level. But with the pandemic, I think what's happened in, at least in my industry in tech and in commerce is it's uh, humanized the experience a lot more. Um, I think that in business development, you wear a lot of different hats. In partnerships, you do the same thing. You're a professional version of self. You have pitch self. You have home self. We had these barriers. And of course, you know, you ask about the kids or you ask, you know, like last year I got married. So everybody that knew me that on the trade show circuit last year knew I was getting married and asked me about my wedding and things like that. Um, but what's happened now, uh, is that when I'm on calls with people, I'm seeing their kids in person. I would never see their kids. Otherwise, uh, they're seeing my dog. Uh, we just hired a new chief technology officer at MRM and my dog was sitting out with me while I was working and he came up and two black ears, you know, poking up into the screen and you know, I'm petting him. And then everybody's kind of giggling because the people can see me on video petting my dog. Right. And none of that would happen in if we're you know in new york having a coffee meeting it's just it's a different it's a different form of humanization i think it's also um gonna bring more understanding and balance to how we do business um and i think that's a good thing i think that biz dev and partnerships can be kind of high pressure uh, because it's about solutions creation it's about revenue and it's um it can just put a lot of pressure on the people that are in that business but i think having this period where we're seeing each other as people is going to do uh do a lot of positive things for us when we start being able to see each other in person again i think it'll make it more fun and more interesting
0: yeah it's <laughs> i i call it the interesting human experience and and it's uh it's almost like we're living through a, a science experiment you know that nobody thought was going to take place in january or february but uh here we are, and man, it's just been amazing to see really how resilient and how much uh, of a shift there's been. You know, I mean, how many people are kind of of the old school mindset that, you know, you can't work from home, that it's, it's impossible to stay focused and be productive working from home. I've spoken to hundreds of people, you know, over the last six months, and the exact opposite has been what, what they have found. They're frankly shocked. At, at how much more productivity they've received out of uh, out of their employees. So that that was a, an interesting piece. And for us, we work with. Uh, fortunately, a couple years ago, you know, we made the shift to to go online to use Zoom and to use Meet and you know these other platforms for collaboration. And uh, it just it's almost it seems very natural to us now. Where it's it was very different. I think six months ago, before we had so much. Uh, experience of of using these different platforms but it will be interesting it's i've I've definitely missed physically getting together and connecting with people in the way that uh, we used to
1: yeah i mean that was definitely something that when everyone went home essentially in the spring in march i kind of thought okay so for people who typically conduct their business face to face and it's based on a handshake or it's based on you know, the business card changing hands and somebody writes a note on the back of it, you know, how are we gonna adapt? What are we gonna do? And then we had the economic retraction as a result of the pandemic, which influenced budgets. Um, But I think it's given everybody the opportunity to take a look at how they work best and then build their work life around that. And it's, at least in my company has, we've seen a significant boost in productivity to the point where, you know, our entire work from home plan is pretty well going to be in effect until probably sometime next year, if not, you know, a little bit longer. And I think that at least for someone like me, that works. Like I went to grad school, I had to sit at home and work on my own anyway. So when we got sent home, I said, OK, back to my own, my normal schedule. Um, but I think it's just given people the opportunity to say, like, what can I do with how much time? And I think that that's a great asset to be taking into the new decade.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Angela, what are the whenever you are looking to work with new partners, what are some of those you know characteristics or attributes that you look for in companies and the people that, that you're communicating with um, that that lets you believe that that they're going to be a great partner?
1: Mm. So I've had to do a lot of you know, meet and greets over Zoom with new contacts at the partner level and the business development level since starting in my new role a couple of months ago. So I've kind of had to do that, you know vet people. Is this a person that I really wanna do business with and how to answer that question? For me, it comes down to a couple of things. One, uh, how well do they listen to the questions that I'm asking? Um Two, how well do they distill the facts of a situation? So for people that I have been working on pitches with or who have brought a potential client, I look at how clearly they outline the challenge. Because a lot of what happens in my businesses is challenge, solution, results. Everything is broken down into those three things. And if people can't really think that way in the sales cycle, makes it more challenging to work with them. I love ideas people, they're great. But at the end of the day, we have to outline the challenge, we have to provide a solution, and we need to have an idea of what results the client's looking for, or we're not gonna be able to win. Um, And then finally, I also just like them to be a human. Um, I think sometimes in business development and partnering in particular, I think we can be a little bit too um, formal and it gets in the way of us being able to kind of be more vulnerable with our, our ideas. Um, and it gets in the way of collaboration. so I think having a, building a rapport with someone, like knowing whether or not they like brownies versus cookies um, and bringing brownies to the coffee meeting. And then, you know, like, I mean, that seems small and it seems really silly when I say it that way, but I cannot tell you how many times somebody's called me to talk about an idea for a pitch because we've had that relationship established because I know something about them personally. And I think people who are more like that are better to work with generally.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. What uh, So at least whenever I look back at my career, mentoring has been such a huge part of that and really me being mentored, and I'm obviously very, very grateful for the people that have invested their time in me and I tried to do the same. I'd love to just hear, you know, as you reflect back on your career, you know, so far, what, um, you know, is there somebody that sticks out or maybe a couple of people that stick out as being great mentors or maybe not necessarily the people, but maybe some things that they did or ways that they challenged you that's helped you advance in your career.
1: Yeah. So I definitely have two and both of them are my bosses. So if either one of them hears this, I hope they look on this kindly. <laughs> um, one is my, Former boss at MSTS, um, Martha Salinas, she is a true Kansas City visionary. Um, She is a risk taker and she is not afraid to ask questions to get a better understanding of what's going on around her. And so I got to watch her do that in a company that had been around for 40 years, but then functionally created a startup within the company and now. MSTS has been acquired by a private equity firm. Um, and so they have this company has this entire success trajectory, but it was based, I think, in part on Martha's long-term history at the company, but also her ability to be agile and pivot and be entrepreneurial in that environment. And so getting to shadow someone like that every day for two years was Fundamental to me developing kind of how I wanted to ask questions um, as I move forward in my career. And then now I um, report to uh, Elizabeth Morgan Libby um, at MRM, and she is the president of MRM Commerce. And she's also dynamic. So I'm getting the privilege that I don't think a lot of people have, which is that my reporting lines, my through lines have been mostly through women uh, in the tech sector. So I get to see myself reflected in a role that I want to be like someday. And so I'm always taking notes, you know, how they speak, how they ask questions. And Libby is an excellent writer. She's an excellent communicator. The way that she handles her team, it's a tight shit. And I just see the way that she interacts with the team. And she has this immense level of respect, not only from the people who report to her, but then the people that are, that are in the team that she is in globally. And it's great to see how she manages all of those relationships and then is strategic in how she leverages her position for success for the company and for everyone around her.
0: That's awesome, you're lucky. It's great to to be connected with great leaders that we can watch and and learn from as, as we develop. Um, one last question for you, Angela. Um, I'm a lifelong learner. I know that you've got to be right? That's people that went to college way too long. Uh, what What are some good books or resources or uh, some things that, that you've ran across lately that you really enjoyed that uh, you'd recommend people check out?
1: So I would be remiss if I did not talk about Arlen Hamilton. I think that she is just incredible. Um, She has a book called It's About Damn Time. Everyone should read it. She started Backstage Capital while she was on food stamps. She's just everything about her, her entrepreneurial spirit, her uh, lens about the venture capital community and the private equity community, uh, investing in founders who may not necessarily get the appropriate look from the investment community, she just has a great perspective and I think everybody should read her work and her podcast is also fantastic. Um, so check her out on wherever you find podcasts. Um, she interviews a lot of really cool people that I never would have even heard of if I didn't hear of them from her. Um, I also think that Patty McCord is pretty great. So um, if you're looking for more like team building and talking about the concept of power and empowerment in the workplace and how to influence workplace dynamics to make it a better place for collaboration, Patty McCord is absolutely wonderful. And then another book that I was surprised by but also thought was great was uh, More Than Enough by Ellie Welteroth. Um, She talks about her time at Team Vogue and being a part of Condé Nast and about pivoting And, you know, being a person in the room where no one else looks like you. Um, So I definitely think that reading those books lately has really helped me because I just read them all during the pandemic, essentially.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for those resources. And Angela, it's awesome to catch up with you. It's great to see you're continuing your success at MRM. And it'll be fun to watch you and see all the great stuff that you guys are able to accomplish.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. Excited to, to keep going and see what else I can do. All
0: right. Thank you. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics podcast, visit partnernomics.com.